This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. Uh, 안녕하세요, everybody. It's like a konnichiwa. How's it, everybody? <laughs> hey, you know what was really cool? What? Uh, when I was in New York, I we were doing Send Foods, and we were doing this thing. Do you know this thing, like this Japanese thing, where they take uh, uh, this white bean, and it's like a sweet dessert, but they do like uh, spring designs on it. So when it's springtime, they'll take the white bean, they add like food coloring to it, and they'll make like uh, a, a sweet bean dessert with red bean inside. Oh, shit. No. It's, it's very pretty. So they do it specifically for spring. And oh, so cool. me and Tim did it for a Send Foods episode. Um, but the person that I was talking to, I didn't know I was talking to like fucking Japanese New York royalty. Really? her and her husband were the first people to ever open up a Japanese restaurant in New York. How old were they? She's like in her late 60s. Whoa. Like, yeah, late 60s or 70s. Or so her husband might be a little older, but they own about 17 to 18 restaurants and they're a restaurant group out there. Mm. So I, I have her contact because they, they want to collaborate with people who do matcha so she owns like a tea store called cha'an in, oh, in new york what? so i um, definitely going to contact them and so because we have our own, own spot called junbi but uh it was interesting because i didn't know who i was talking to like they're they were like the fucking shit opened mm-hmm. up 17 fucking store uh, restaurants That's awesome in 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 new york all just family owned huh all family owned they did it all themselves you know who else was japanese royalty who well, American, Japanese-American, um, fucking Richard Aoki's dad. Oh, really? He's the father of Benihana, dude. What? Yeah. What the How did you find that out? I mean, no, Steve Aoki. Yeah, Steve Aoki. Yeah, he's yeah, a Richard, Richard, Richard Aoki's his dad. Yeah. Because I know of um, Richard Aoki, like, back in the day, like, yeah. he was some real estate guy. He's like, you know, Donald Trump's kind of the Japanese Donald Trump kind of yeah. guy. Like, very flashy, very, like, new money, right? He had multiple, like, different divorces with hot model wives and whatever. And Steve Aoki is one of the kids from that. And so was Devin Aoki, the girl that was on Fast and Furious. And she was a model and stuff. I didn't know they were related. Steve Steve Aoki looks like he just makes Japanese swords for the Imperial Army. <laughs> he's That's a Japanese the- Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's so his dad made a fortune on Benihana. And Benihana... Um, from what I hear back in the day in the seventies or whatever, it was a classy spot. Like it wasn't the shit spot that we know of today. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a kid restaurant. It wasn't a family restaurant. It was like Vegas. Like you go there and the who's who's and the fucking celebrities, they're all there. You know, when um when I first had teppanyaki, I was kind of disappointed, not because of the, the the flashy show stuff that was very entertaining, but when I was eating the food, I was like, whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck did I pay for? I heard it was premium though. And oh, like back then, back then. I, yeah. I, I had teppanyaki in uh, this restaurant in New York. I can't remember, but it was on a Sem Foods episode. But the teppanyaki that they had was really good. Hmm. They trained their staff really well. They had like Wagyu beef and stuff. So it was it was cooked really well. But when I, like Benihana, I think is good too. But you know, when, when I have Japanese food, I think about very composed dishes. Yeah. But this one just seemed like stir fry with a show. Yeah, I mean, and Benihana is a American invention. Yeah, because um, I think uh, his dad, Richard Aoki, he's a real estate guy. He and I think he used to have a food truck or whatever it was. And back in the day, he came up with this idea of a performance show, and he's just like, "Man, people think Japanese people are fucking samurais or whatever. Let me just chop yeah. this motherfucker up, and you know." These fucking white people believe anything. Is that you want to see a volcano? Boom! You like that, huh? It was kind of cool because, um, you know, because Mariel speaks so much Japanese and then, um, like I, I learned Japanese in high school and then afterwards I continued it. When she was speaking to me, it was so funny because as she was speaking Japanese, I was responding back to her in English and she was like, you speak Japanese? I'm like, no, I just know what you're saying, you know, just because I I hear it enough now. But it it was interesting. It's like, is Mariel a polygot? Yes, for sure. I, I think English, Korean, Chinese, Japanese. Yeah, so she speaks four fluently. And then, well, it's not, she's kind of losing some of it because she doesn't practice it anymore. But uh, she could still read, write. And uh, wow. And all, that's the crazy part is that most people, when they could speak it, they can't read and write in it. She could read and write in all of them. That's pretty crazy, dude. Yeah. I might try to learn something. I gotta, I gotta just hurry up and finish Japanese at this point because I'm just being lazy now. Like I, I really do want to learn Japanese. It's the way that we're learning. It's fucking it up. Mm-hmm. So I watched this video on, on how people acquire language and polygots have their own, like different people have different styles. Like some guys, they like flashcards. Some guys, they like, uh, gra- like, like, um, le- learning the grammar. Some guys just like immerse themselves in the culture like they'll go off into the streets of Thailand and just talk to people and like remember some words. There's different methods, right? But this one guy figured out a method and I think it was pretty genius. Is it and Pimsler? No, no, no. Okay. It's like a new method. And um he there's a video on YouTube, but basically there's five levels that the um uh the US government kind of created in difficulty of languages, right? Um, and the way that they figured it out was they did a huge survey and all this stuff. And so, um, the U S government came out with basically, uh, the first level of difficulty for native English speakers, not bilingual. Yeah. So we wouldn't fall in this category, but a native English speaker with no knowledge of any other languages, how difficult it would be. The first level would be, um, all the Latin languages. It would take about 600 hours or so for them to be fluent in this language. Spanish, Romanian, Portuguese, French, and Italian. Those are the Latin Romance languages, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the closest to English with similar words, right? So it's easy for us to understand. The second would be German. The third, I forgot. I forgot what it was. But the third and fourth is basically most languages in the world, from Vietnamese to like... Mm -hmm. um, Russian or whatever, right? But the level five for native English speakers is Arabic, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, and something else. Oh. Yeah, it's actually the opposite. So it's the most difficult in pronunciation and sentence structure and all that for native English speakers. Yeah. So since this guy knows a few Asian languages, he thought he would go for Arabic. 
because Arabic is supposed to be really freaking hard. And he shows how to acquire this language. And then the way he did it was basically he was super fluent and he got his hours in. But the first thing he did was he got a magazine and he asked his tutor to just point at the images and talk. And the whole system is based off of 90% that language you're trying to learn and 10% English. The 10% English is only to talk in between to go. This is what we're going to do next. We're just going to point at all of this and say the say the words. And then you do that, and then they'll ask you yes or no questions. And he's like, you got to acquire language like a baby acquires language. The way mm. adults talk to you, the adults talk to you very easy. They talk to you kind of cute. They don't use high vocabulary. They'll be like, this is a car. It's blue. You know, like they'll say shit like that. So he's like, you have to find your language parents. So you got to find pa- like your parents that are going to spend hours with you explaining shit to you, telling you stories. So it's a combination of um, listening to stories, watching imagery, and identifying vocabulary with imagery. And you do that for many, many hours. Yeah. And then you have to have someone who will interact with you in that language. Mm, see that's, he acquired it like easy, dude. I was like, wow. I think that's uh, what what Mariel was trying to do for me. I just got really irritated because <laughs> she's like, she she would speak to me very in like very simple stuff. Yeah. But then all that happened was I was getting irritated because I wanted to go into deeper conversation, but I couldn't do it. Maybe you learn differently. Yeah. Because there's a guy out there that um, his style is all he does is like he walks up to the local. And then he'll know one word and he'll use that one word. <laughs> like if it's hi. hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> hi. And then if whatever they respond, he tries to absorb that. Mm. There's another guy that, so there's about 500 words and phrases or, or words that you can use in combination in most languages. Once you learn and memorize these 500, you can probably speak fluently. Yeah. So he spends basically, he could spend like 24 hours or whatever learning these 500 things and then they become pretty good at just like combining those things and they can have a conversation. And when they start having conversations, they pick up more statements and phrases and whatever. I I really do want to learn like a third language so bad, just so I could, what would you do? I I think number one, I think it's just really cool that you could speak another language that way. And I think there's just been so many times where I could have used the language that I was interested in. And I, I just, because I didn't do the time for it. I didn't know it. Like there's so many times I could I could have spoke Japanese or Spanish and I just didn't learn the fucking language. You know, um, what's crazy is that there's so many similarities in like Spanish, Romanian and it- Italian. Yeah. Just like those languages have the same like uh, the ciao. And, yeah. Yeah. Like the um, salute, like things like that. I'm yeah. just like, damn. But even like for us, like Junbi, like for Asian language, right? Yeah. Junbi and Chinese and Japanese and Korean, Korean same thing. Junbei, yeah. Junbi. And Junbi. Yep. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting too. Like I, I seems like that mother language is like Chinese for, for, for most of it, right? Cantonese maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even for like Korean people, like Myun is yeah. like noodles. Mian is noodles in Chinese. Yeah. It's like very, it's all, all the same. It's like, the, it's a derivative Men. of that. Men yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, not Don, like Udon. That's different. Yeah, we also like have soul, but we have like soul men, ramen. Yeah. It's men. Yeah. Yeah. La Myun. Yeah. Yeah. We have stuff like that too. Um, let's get into the topic today, people. Ah, this one right here. Uh, let's see if she wants us to mention her name or not. 
Uh, doesn't. So we'll talk. We're about gonna it. tell everybody your name. I hope you're yeah. ready for this shit. Yeah, but her name is pretty. Ah, she didn't get the full name, so it's good. So this is from Patreon. Uh, Liz C. Uh, this was around Christmas, so we're gonna move past that. But either way, the topic is great. Uh, she's like, uh, Christmas is coming up. <laughs> this is super late. Uh, but she says, uh, my boyfriend and I will be going to spend a few days at his parents' house for the holidays. Don't right. get caught sucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's that sometimes noise? it's actually kind of nice when um you do go to your your like parents or whatever because you gotta like secretly fuck and then it's like makes it exciting again it's like what's that noise it sounds like you're using a lot of lotion in there I'm like yeah <laughs> she goes my issue is dealing with his mom uh-oh spaghetti yeah. she's not a bad person cool uh, quite I the, hope she is. Yeah, quite the opposite, actually. She has a great heart and is kind and warm to everyone. The only problem is she has terrible etiquette. That's the only problem. What what does what does she mean by etiquette? Let's see. Uh, let's what see. does she do? She farts while you're eating. Doug. Uh, she will literally open her mouth wide to burp. Is she Cantonese? Um, lift her butt off the seat to fart. Is she my mom? Uh, and talk in detail about her bowel movements. This is my mom. Are you talking shit about my fucking mom right now, motherfucker? Is that what you're saying? You're saying that's inappropriate? You sound like a fucking prude, bitch. How about that? <laughs> I'm getting hella defensive. That sounds like my mom, though. Your mom's that hardcore? Well, my mom is... <laughs> she'll, she'll rip it all out. Dog, let me tell you about my moms, dude. Like, they're, My mom is so fucking hilarious. Up until about, I say, three years ago, she finally decided to drink lactate. I have been trying to convince this woman that she's she's lactose intolerant. But she's like, no, I drink milk. I'm fine. I'm like, (laughs) just because you drink it, it doesn't mean that you're not allergic to lactose. (laughs) Every time you drink milk, it smells like a skunk fucked a carcass, (laughs) shit itself. Some a moose ate it, died, and that carcass shit itself as well. No. That's what it smells like, dog. She has shit. She fucking once farted so bad, my aunt smelled it. She ran into the bathroom and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> my aunt literally walked into the room. She goes, "Oh my god!" And she runs and That's she throws up disgusting. in the bathroom. And so my mom's just dying laughing. I'm cracking the fuck up. Wait, so it's like Bart's farts. Dog, it's it it might battle Bart's farts. Wow. It's bad, especially when she drinks milk. So now she starts she's starting to drink lactate because she understands that she has a lactose an intolerance to lactose. So my mom is <laughs> she's from like this area called Cholado, and Cholado is like a super country area. Are so they known for their farts? She probably, dude. She's like a <laughs> she's a country ass fucking bumpkin, dude. So even the way That's that she so speaks, gross. yeah, the way that she speaks is super not casual. So the way that I learned how to speak Korean, my Korean is not that great. It's very childish. Yeah, but I learned. How how to speak Korean from her. It's a very, uh, it's, it, it doesn't, I don't know how to use like chondenmal very well. So chondenmal is like the honorific I see. Form, form of speaking Korean because my mom doesn't speak that shit to me. So when I first came to, to K-Town, I, I only knew how to say things in the way that my mom would say things. So I was just fucking sounding mad disrespectful to everybody. And they're just like, fuck this guy. Like, fuck this rude ass motherfucker. And then yeah. a couple of my friends were like, bro, you, you can't say that shit. So did you change your vocabulary to the I, correct? I, I had to learn it. So even Marilyn understands that too. Like sometimes when I'm speaking to her parents, she cracks up. She goes like, damn, you speak to them really casually. And I'm like, I, I don't know the difference. So you have to let me know. Do they, they're forgiving though. They're forgiving. They're like, they met your mom and they're like, ah, well, they also know no that. <laughs> I think they're also just happy that I can just speak Korean in general. Oh, so it's like, 
most people that they meet that are around my age and yeah. my generation, they don't, they can't speak Korean. Really? So, yeah, they they just can't speak Korean. So they're kind of happy that they she met somebody that can speak Korean. What are they doing? They're like they're not learning it at home because I like a lot of Koreans that I know can actually speak. I think a lot of K Town Koreans can. Right, oh. a lot of like that K Town, like deep LA area stuff, or if they're they are like first generation, they're fobs, like because I'm a fob as well. You know, because Mariel was surprised when we first met, when even when we were first dating, she was surprised that I could speak Korean. Why? Because a lot of her Korean friends can't. They can't. Like a lot of the guys can't speak Korean, and it's because of the area that she grew up in. Yeah. Oh. And so she's like, oh wow, I'm surprised. You. And, and what I mean by speak Korean is too, it, it, it like beyond just like like, and just saying oh yeah yeah yeah, like saying that I could actually have a conversation with somebody in Korean. Oh. So she was kind of shocked about that, um, and she was surprised I could read Korean as well. So with her parents, it was kind of like it was kind of cool that that's that's the relationship that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when she meet, she met my mom, like my mom is very she's very her etiquette isn't that great either. So mm. she if she likes you, she'll fucking slap you. Like she'll just hit you in the back super fucking hard. She's like, that kind of mom. Yeah, yeah, she's like cracking up. She'll smack you in the back, slap you upside your head, slap you in the face, slap you in the ass. Yeah, that's a that's affection right there. Yeah, yeah. Because what I see that as is like I understand. Um, I'm like, let's say like that's this, the Asian mom thing. When you say some joke and she likes your joke, she smacks you on your head. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know I'm, I'm jumping the gun right now, but Liz. Like if this woman is comfortable enough to do that around you, I find that to be a really, really great sign. That means she she likes you. And also too, if if she's an older woman, this is how she's been in her own house. Mind you, you're going into her house. Yeah. That's her fucking domain. Yeah. She could shit on the fucking floor if she wants. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So what is she saying? Yeah. Wait, so is she saying like, how do I deal with it? Or like, well, she's what a, should I do? Yeah. I guess like for her, it's problematic. Like she has terrible etiquette is like the one thing that she hates about her. She goes, she will literally open her mouth wide to burp, lift her butt off the seat to fu- fucking funny and talk in detail about her bowel movements, including shit stains in her pants. That's fucking oh my hilarious. God. That is fucking funny. She even made an inappropriate comment to her nephew while we were all playing Jenga after Christmas dinner last year. His girlfriend, they're both in their late 20s, was tapping at one of my blocks and my boyfriend's mom turned to him and says, does she flick your dick like that? Dog, that's fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Wait, wait, okay, hold on, hold on. You listen to us. You like, you probably watch Jake and the jokes that we make is the same shit. So I don't understand. I love that though. Like I would love my mother-in-law to do that shit. I know. And so this is why. So if you're watching our content, right, you're not, it's like, I don't understand. You like, you like us on the screen or what we're saying. It's the same shit. We make the same jokes. Because if I was a parent, I'd be doing the same shit though. Right. So is it different because you're getting entertained and you don't really want that in your house? Like, I don't get it. I guess like, okay, so she says, to which everyone responded with shock and disgust. Let's see. I'm not sure about everyone. Uh, I know there's no changing. (laughs) Laughing like a motherfucker. Yeah. I know there's no changing someone who is almost 60 and I don't want to be judgmental. So how can I deal with this? What can I do to keep in mind? Do or keep in mind so I don't continue to have increasing frustration while I'm there. Thanks so much. Love the show. I love how the mom isn't the prude and she is. Yeah. So, okay. Put it this way. It's much, much better to have someone very comfortable and maybe a little edgy and maybe a little bad in etiquette than to have someone who's very controlling, who's on your case, 
on your ass and making you feel uncomfortable and making you feel uncomfortable in the way where you're controlled and you're maybe you're mm-hmm. not good enough and all that. Trust me, it's a lot better to have a mom that farts in the house than a, than a mom that look at looks at you <laughs> and she's, she's judging you and saying, hey, what do you do for your career? Are you good enough for my son? Are you this? And oh, my God, trust me. If I had the two extremes, I would always choose the mom that farts. A hundred percent. A thousand percent. Because what I see in this is how I interpret it is like, she actually cares about you. She goes, I could be myself around you, which is really great. Yeah. And by the way, too, and I'm I'm not shitting on you on this, but I'm saying for me, let's say I was a 60-year-old man and I'm doing shit the way I want in my house. And then you're like, that's disgusting. Don't do that. My house, bitch. Yep. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Since the guy, since this, my son, whose dick you're fucking sucking right now, yeah. he has to deal with that shit. Yep. Guess what? Your family now. Now you got to deal with my dookie and my oh, fart stains yeah. all the time. And it's like, you know, when I hear that shit too, which is like, oh, does he flick your dick like that? And you were shocked and disgusted. It's like, I'll be like, yo, that's fucking hilarious. It's it's all interpretation. And whose house and are you? we make jokes like that all the time. Why For is sure. it shocking? Like, if you like that kind of entertainment. Yeah. And it's like, and also too is why does this woman have to be put to your standard of what proper is in her own household because it's because you are visiting her home right yeah and that's true um it's difficult for me to kind of be on the side of her well let me let me rephrase that yeah because <clears throat> i get where she's coming from it's not that i don't understand it mm-hmm there are a lot of like common sense rules that she's kind of breaking and she's not being mindful of other people's comfort. Yeah. She's not being a great house host. Right? Not a great host, maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I get it because you weren't raised that way. But also, here's a great opportunity to be accepting of people and really f- seeing them for who they are. Like if if you said that she's a lovable, great human being and all this stuff, like and maybe she might have a little Things that she might have traits that make you cringe or whatever, right? Just one thing too, just something small. Yeah, and and a, and she has like a whatever a mouth or whatever she or crazy jokes or or yeah. it's just not she's not reading the room. But try to love her and understand her, and maybe even challenge yourself as a, this is an opportunity to look into another person's lifestyle and how things work for them, and how comfortable she can be in her own skin. Yeah. Because you weren't raised that way. Maybe your mom would never do the things that she does. But, hey, you're combining families, possibly, if you guys get married or whatever. Like, you got to either learn to enjoy it. Dude. Or you're going to live with this for the rest of your life, and you're going to always be angry and resentful. Because you're, you're right, too, and you nailed it on the head when you said it, even in what you wrote. You're not going to be able to change a 60-year-old woman. It's you not going It's not going to happen, dude. And if, if you wanted – how I would take this in perspective is that, man, dude, like I just, I just know what it feels like to be on the other end of uh, a parent not accepting you. That's the worst, man. That's it's one of the worst feelings. The ever. fact that you're she's there with open arms and you can go there and she'll fart in front of you. That <laughs> you gotta see the beauty in that. There is beauty in that shit, dude. Because the opposite is you go home, you can't fucking get along with that parent. Mm-hmm. They're constantly judging you. 
you feel uncomfortable in the household, not because they fart, but because they don't accept you. Yeah. That's the worst fucking feeling. Also, too, it's like it's, it's not something that you really have to deal with. If it's something that makes you that uncomfortable, that you're willing to risk that relationship that you have with your, I don't know, future mother-in-law, your boyfriend's um or your boyfriend's mom, that's probably something that you could discuss with your boyfriend and say like, hey, like, yeah, is this something that you're okay with too? It makes me feel kind of uncomfortable. And if if you guys discussed it, discussed it and he says he's fine with it, yeah. but then that's something that you guys should talk amongst yourselves first. And it might take time because I know that within my family, they um, used their, their own kids as hostage. Meaning like if they wanted to change the behavior of their parents... They would limit their privileges with their grandchildren. Oh, they'll be yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, I don't want to raise my kids in this environment where you're fucking making these shit jokes. You're farting around. That's not the type of environment I want for my kids. So, if you want to see us, and if you want to see them, mm-hmm. you got to check yourself. Those are the rules of my home, yeah. right? And you don't bring the babies to grandma's home, or if you do bring the babies to grandma's home, then grandma's got to check herself. If she argues, then you withhold those privileges. So you got to understand how to bargain with people and negotiate with people. This is the thing, right? Most people they don't know how to do it, and they they'll they'll be like, "Well, people should just fucking change out of the goodness of their heart." Sad truth is, it doesn't happen that way. Most people can try to be like, hey, grandma or hey, mom, (laughs) I don't like it when you're farting around me. Mm -hmm. Can you stop? Some people might try to be reasonable. Some people might be like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then they'll forget again and they'll fart because there's no consequence. There's no bargaining. There's nothing that they're going to lose. So you have to put the pressure on people if they if you really want them to change. Everything is a deal. Everything is some type of situation where you're like, all right, you got to change yourself. Because what I want out of this relationship. And you know what the thing too is you got to realize when you were somebody too, you 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 get a whole package. You never just get the individual. You get their whole family and everything that comes with them. Yeah, that's and what my mom told me. That's right. And you yep. just got a fucking band, a band of hillbillies. Yep. <laughs> my, I mean, and but I would much rather choose a band of hillbillies than a judgmental, unaccepting group of people. And, yeah. it's, and it kind of feels like one or the other. It's like one can accept you and be classy and whatever, but- you're not going to have the whole package. Yeah, man. And could you imagine too, because I'm, you know, I'm a Korean American. Korean people, they, I think like religious Korean people, which is the type of Korean people that I grew up in. Mind you, I fucking love my culture to the, to my very core and bones. But there is like a certain level of like, um, it's, it's not just Korean people. I think it's just Asian people in general. I see this a lot in Chinese culture too, where there's like this certain level of standard that you have to be in order to be considered a respectable human being. Yeah. Right. And I think that that kind of maybe is what you grew up with, whether you agree with it or not, but it seems like it's it's something that's ingrained in you. So when you see something that rubs against your typical belief that you grew up with, you think that it's uncultured or you think yeah. that it's very rude or disrespectful, but that's also perspective as well too. Like, like I mentioned before, you're in her house. That's her household mm-hmm. rules. So if they're fine with that shit, then you should be okay with it too. Mind you, when you have kids and maybe you don't want that influence to uh, affect your children, that's when the, the chips change a little mm-hmm. bit. That's when the cards change a bit. Now you could really control that, but that's in your household. Mm-hmm. Then you could choose whether kids go over to grandma or grandpa's house. Mm-hmm. And that's when you could say, like Joe was saying, like, hey, I want the kids to come over, but while they're staying with you, I don't want you to talk about dick jokes and do all this other stuff. Like, that's a little too young for them. So please yep. just hold off on that shit. And if not, then you got to lay down the law. 
Yep. But, and then you deprive them of that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they can't live with. I guarantee you, grandparents need to see their grandkids. Yeah. You tell them you can't see them. They're going to go, oh, no, I'll change. I'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't, I'm not somebody that every parent's parent fucking enjoyed. I'm definitely not the dream kid that they want coming into their household. Yeah. Especially like traditional Korean people. They're just like, this guy curses all the time, blah, 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 blah. And I even feel like with Mariel's parents, they didn't really upset me until like maybe like last year. And And that's the thing too. Most, I feel like in most cases, people will judge you first and expect. Probably you have to audition mm-hmm. and you can't, you won't be accepted even if you are great. And at least you don't have to go through that. You have someone who's loving, warm, welcoming. She might fucking talk shit about some sex jokes or she might fart or whatever. But shit, that to me is way better because the standard I think is most people's parent, like most people's parents are looking at their kids and who they date and they're looking at them as if, are you good enough to be a part of our family? You already moved past that. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. It's hard to be judged like that, man. Like it, it's very difficult. Uh, Mariel told me the story once where her mom had a very specific uh, dream for her of the type of Korean male that she wanted Mariel to be with, right? And so when you sometimes when you're in these Korean churches, and this is like churches in general, right? I always say churches is like the the hospital for people who need like spiritual healing. So there's this huge misconception where people think that oh, when you, if you go to church, uh, these Christian human beings they should be perfect. It's actually the opposite. People come to church to be healed by whatever, not just church, Buddhist temples, whatever, right? To be healed they're so because broken, they broken. need it. Yeah, yeah, the, it's a hospital. People yeah. want to be healed by this institution. So a lot of the times these people who are in church, though on the surface, they may seem like the best person or that they're supposed to be. They're actually not. They're mm-hmm. like some of the worst human beings you'll ever fucking meet and they're trying to be better. Yeah. And so uh, Mariel's mom would try to set her up with these guys who like in the Korean textbook when you look at things. And obviously when another Korean parent talks about their son, they're going to tell the best things about them. Yeah. Because they don't even really know their kids like that. But I, I remember uh, she told the story where she was saying uh, she was put on a blind date once and her mom didn't even know who this type of guy was. But she took it just for face value of, oh, he's this guy. He wants to be a doctor. He's going to do this, this and wow. that. The guy didn't even become a doctor later on either. He's a fucking loser. But the guy took Mariel to like like this like bar where you could like smoke in it and shit. And it wasn't even like a wow. nice dinner. It's like a shitty ass area. He was super disrespectful and rude. And then Mariel didn't go on a date with him again afterwards. And then Mariel got mad. She goes, Mariel's mom got a little upset at her. was like, yo, how come you didn't follow up? Like, he's going to be a doctor. He's a really good guy. He goes to how church. How do you know? Exactly. He's like, he's a really good guy. And my mom's like, do you know that where he took me to? Like, he took me to this place. He was like, was like you know, he smokes, right? She goes, he doesn't smoke. He doesn't smoke. Why is she denying what Mariel saw? Yeah. And you know what sucks too is like at that point too, like I said, Mariel's mom is fantastic. I'm not saying anything bad about her. But at that time in her life, she had a very – a certain expectation of what she wanted from her daughter, which a lot of Asian parents do have for their kids or just parents in general. And she thought that this guy met this certain standard and it kind of sucked for Mariel at the time because like, fuck, like you don't even know this guy and you're already on his side and you're not on mine. Yeah. You know, but a lot of, yeah, you're right about the whole painting the picture of Asian parents kind of being so stubborn with the goal that they want. Mm-hmm. They don't think about what's best for their kid. 
This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. I am all about continuing to learn throughout my whole life. I refuse to be an old, old man that never wants to learn. I have so many hobbies. I have so many things that I want to do, and I need the skills to do it. And guess what? I don't want to go to a traditional form of school learning. I want to learn on my own accord, my own time, short classes, long classes, whatever. Well, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Skillshare has that for you. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers memberships with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. My friend, Skillshare, for those of you who don't know, is an online learning community where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey. Thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and more. You guys already know I take a lot of photos. Photos are my thing. Well, for those of you out there that want to try to learn how to use a DSLR, take your, their DSLR, uh, their fundamentals in DSLR photography. That right there will help you out the most because you need to know the basics in order for you to, as <laughs> it'll in order for you to progress. So um, check that out. Skillshare has been something that I really do enjoy on my off time. If I want to learn something on my on, on my own schedule, Skillshare has that huge library of just a bunch of knowledge. So it really helps me kind of take my hobby to the, to the next step. And I enjoy it very, very much. Explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash brain. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash brain. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash brain. Yeah, it's it's just like my dad had that same expectation out of me. Like he he had this dream of like <laughs> of us living in a multi generational home. I was gonna live with him forever. You're like you're too annoying. Yeah, it's like are why you, the fuck would I be there? I was like, are you out of of your fucking mind? Like mm-hmm. you think you could live with me in the same household? Are you fucking insane? But he had a dream of us living together in a house together. The grandkids running around. He he has like his own house in the back, and then we could, you know, it's like. Dog, first of all, where the fuck is this money coming from? You know what I mean? Like, number two, yeah. I wasn't told about this dream. You just assumed it was going to happen. Yeah. That's not fucking fair, dude. Like, are you insane? And because that's that's how a lot of like Korean people do that. They live in intergenerational homes. So it's like ma, the big house or they have a house in the back that's specifically for grandma yeah, and that's, grandpa. Yeah, that's Asian style. A yeah. lot of us don't move out. Yeah. I was like, bro, I would love that shit if you weren't so fucking We move annoying. in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't move out. We all move in. Yeah. It's like, cool. Well, uh, we're living here now, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone moves in. I don't know if I could. My mom knows too that she doesn't want to live with me. She goes like, I can't yeah. live with you. She goes, I'll f- I fucking hate you. She goes, I can't, live. <laughs> She's like, I can't live with you. You would fight with me every day. I was That's like, dope. It's like, you know, for a fact, I, I just told her, I just want you to be close so I could check up on you. Other than that, you, like, you think she could live with your brother? No, my <laughs> my dog, my parents specifically can't live with my brother, not because of my brother's habits so much, it's because my parents still till this day try to baby my older mm. brother. And it's fucking annoying to watch. When I was in Sacramento, I had the flu. I was dying. I was I felt with like a fever of like a hundred and something, shivering my ass off. And I was getting annoyed because I could hear my dad just nagging my brother oh my on the God. other side. And so when I on the third day when I was feeling better, I still had a fever and body chills. My dad was like telling me, he goes like, dude, your brother, like, he's being so difficult. I don't understand why he does this stuff. And I literally told my dad, fucking leave him alone as I'm dying from the fever. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can hear through the door how annoying you're being. He was like, well, I don't like the way that he responds to me. I was like, let me ask you something. He is 35, 
right? He's 35 years old. How annoying is it that every time my brother makes a cough, sneeze, sniffle, fart, yeah. you you act you ask if he needs to go to the hospital if he's okay. <laughs> he literally does this. My brother would burp, right? But he goes, "You have indigestion? Do you need medicine? Do you need to go to the hospital?" Damn. He's 35 years old. Damn. And then my brother gets up from the seat. He goes, "Why? He's like, are you going to the bathroom? Why did your stomach hurt? What's wrong?" Damn, he's panicked. Huh? Yeah, and my my brother's like, "Dude, fucking leave me alone shut the fuck up i'm 35 like let me yeah. you know and he's been doing that to my brother since day one since he was a child exactly he's been babying him since ever why since he was, was young. he a fragile baby i don't know but my mom told me too that you know that's like what every parent says like i never did that for you because i knew you were strong i was like or you just hated my guts but like but my dad never he he always my mom and dad always babied him that way and, you know, he's a grown ass man, but it still hasn't stopped. Mm. So it gets really fucking annoying sometimes when it's just like, yo, I'm just trying to chill out. Let me breathe for a second. <laughs> like, like he farted. And my, my, my dad was like, you have indigestion. Do you need to go to the hospital? He farted as if he's never farted before in his life. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah, dude. and I'm over here with a fever. Didn't check on me once. Wow. <laughs> like, fuck this guy, man. But yeah, my brother was just like, dude, if you didn't come uh, to Sacramento for the holidays, I would have I would have fucking lost what my shit. What if there's some like traumatic past event, like your brother was like sick and he almost died as a child or whatever that they're Maybe. not telling you guys and they're just fucking paranoid. I think they just think they don't know that my brother's a lot more capable than he seems because I think their level of comparison is like me, the, the problematic kid who did things his own way and you know things turned out pretty well for him. And so my brother was somebody who – I think my older brother is a very smart guy, very intelligent, very empathetic. He has a lot of great qualities that I don't have. Um, but the one thing that he does have as a flaw is that sometimes he lets the world beat him up and he stays down. Mm. He he he's not really used to a lot of adversity, and I think because a lot of a lot of great things happened to him, and it just came to him without him having to work hard. Because because maybe your parents kept rescuing. My parents kept rescuing them. He yeah. was always he was always more book smart than I was. Very nice guy, good looking dude, and so. When he's faced with adversity sometimes, he doesn't have that ability to really fight for it because my parents never let him fucking fight for it. Oh, right. They're just like, oh, my God, we got to take him to the hospital. He farted. Exactly. And so they also get <laughs> upset at him sometimes when he's not capable of doing these things. But it's like, that's your fault. And then they destroy his confidence. Yeah. You handicapped him. Yeah. Like, that's not his fault. Like, And I told wow. my dad too recently, I was like, how come you can't take responsibility that some of the qualities that you don't like? In, uh, in my older brother, your son is also actually due because of the way that you raised him. You got to accept that. He, I, he's I, a stubborn <laughs> ox. Huh? Yeah. It's like, you got to accept that. Like you babied him. He's sometimes the stuff that you see him that you don't like. It's also because of the way that you treated him as an adult and as a kid. Like it's hard for him to really understand that because in his mind, he goes, I did the best that I could. I understand. <laughs> Effort doesn't mean what the result was though. <laughs> exactly. He's all like trying to defend himself, man. He's kind of a kid. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the qualities that my dad doesn't like about him, my brother, is the stuff that he has. Ah, it's like, those are your qualities, actually, dude. And so my he's brother, fighting on his, about his own insecurities, actually. A hundred percent. Your brother is triggering shit that he doesn't like about himself. Mm -hmm. That's why oh. my, my dad and my brother, sometimes they clash horns a lot because mm -hmm. they, they're actually very, very similar. They're both very shy human beings. Um, they're very reserved. They, they kind of like bottle up their emotions a lot. And so they, my, my dad sees that as a weakness mm. because he sees that in himself as well. There's a lot of things that he saw that my dad, my, my, his dad, my grandpa fucked up on is the stuff that I used to get my ass beat for mm. because he saw 
the the terrible qualities that my grandpa had and he saw it in my behaviors mm-hmm. and so he used to get fucking mad at me like for example like my my grandpa uh just wasn't very knowledgeable about a lot of things so he put his fate in the hands of other people around him and because he did that oh. he used to own this tupperware uh, business this tupperware company where they would make tupperware lids and like yeah. whatever whatnot uh very successful my dad grew up with a lot of money when he was super younger in korea in korea but he trusted his money to other people they yeah. took all of his money became oh. bankrupt and so when i didn't know things and i wasn't knowledgeable about things my dad would get mad at me he goes like you want to be just like your grandpa it's like, wow, you're like pushing this shit on me. He's like got all these insecurities that he's just lashing out at. For sure. Like, and he's I used to chill, man. Yeah, man. And I think he has chill, the crazy thing is he's actually chilled out like 90%. So could you imagine how much worse he was when I was younger? Like, yeah. especially having a kid like me who wanted, who actually had the qualities that he somewhat liked too, which is me being persistent, but it wasn't persistent in the stuff that he wanted me to be persistent in. You know what the crazy thing is though? You know, we we grew up with a lot of adversity and we went through a lot of tension with our family. But looking back, I'm like, I'm here today (laughs) doing things that I want because I fought for it, motherfucker. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, kind of worked. I did complain about bad, you know, parenting. I did complete complain about, um, you know, an abusive relationship or whatever. But at the end of the day. Man, it all created me. And For sure. My ability to fight through. If I could take a fucking punch from my dad, I could fucking take Dog. a punch from the world, you know? Dog, you know what's so funny? Uh, when I was in seventh and eighth grade, uh, I got jumped by a couple of kids. One of them was a kid that I stabbed in third grade, and he still kept it all the way till junior high because we split schools. But this kid jumped me, and I remember he tried to jump me with his friends, and they were swinging full clip at me. But then as a kid, I was like, that's remember, all you got, motherfucker. I was like, dude, my dad literally just beat me with a lead pipe the other day. <laughs> like that literally didn't feel like it felt like pillows. Yeah. And I just wailed on this motherfucker. This full, is nothing. It, it felt like nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I guess it's true that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger sometimes. And that's the metaphor to even life. Like, yeah, like you could either let your past trauma beat you down and you stay down. Or you could see it as, well, I went through the worst, so what else can happen now? What's the worst that can happen? I went through horrible shit, so nothing can take me down. And so you start looking at the world and life as, oh, man, this is easy. This is fun. Don't you think that's what really like comedy did for us, though? Like comedy really allowed me to heal from a lot of the things. Like I, I pursued comedy more than I did music because I saw the potential of what it did for me as an individual first. Same here, because my first love was music. Yeah. But like with music, you're exposed, you're expressing one note and maybe some insight. But with comedy, you can rewrite the story of how you felt about something. Yeah. For music, I think you're capturing that moment, moment of how you felt, putting it into to song. Yeah. But like with comedy, you have a tragic memory. Yeah. And you somehow change and shift the perspective in so many different ways that somehow something that should have been traumatic or hurtful ends up becoming the most funniest thing. And it becomes something that everyone listens to and they find joy from your trauma. That's some next level shit. Yo, here's some universal truth about laughter. And I think this is why I I really chose to stick with comedy. And then now we're doing this like comedy podcast or whatever, which I guess is not really a comedy podcast, but we got laughs in this shit. Uh, We can't resist making jokes. That's what it is. Exactly. It's just, 
if think about it like this, no matter what somebody goes through, whether you're poverty stricken, your your life sucks, bad things that happen, if there's something within a day that allows you to laugh your fucking ass off, right? In that moment that you're laughing, you don't feel anything but joy. That's true. That's what I love about laughter and comedy Me is that too. when you're in that moment fucking laughing your ass off, you're actually not thinking about the, your car that broke down, the girlfriend that broke up with you, the boyfriend that treated you like shit, nope. uh, your bills or whatever. What you're only focused on is laughing your fucking ass off. It's like busting a nut. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're busting a nut, you're not thinking about the bill you forgot to pay you're or the thinking, parking ticket that you bought. <laughs> And then uh, you're just frozen in time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the same with laughter. You're yeah. just like, ha ha. You're not thinking, oh, ha, ha, I got to peel the bays later. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, ha, ha, I got laundry still that I didn't finish. Exactly, man. <laughs> Sometimes too, when it's the same feeling when you come, dude, right when you bust the nut, the only thing you're thinking about is fucking get that shit on her face. <laughs> <laughs> get it on her face. God damn it. You fucking, I love you so much. <laughs> oh my God. You know, it's funny. Like I, I, I kind of thought about this shit the other day. It's like when, you, when you're kind of like hooking up with the girl, like you don't really think so much about like the disrespect of what it's like to come on a girl's fucking face. Mm -hmm. But when you're in love with somebody, you think about it. You're like, I don't know, come wait on a minute. Face. Like, this is a, I love this woman, dude. I don't know if I'm gonna do this. Like I was like I, when I was younger too. It's like you just couldn't wait. It's like I just can't wait when she just lets me just fucking just. Bah! her face i don't know why i like i don't know why guys like that shit so much what the fuck is it about just fucking just die? i don't know because i had that fetish all the way up until high school and it disappeared completely yeah it doesn't do anything anymore and i i realize that i have these phases man it's yeah. just crazy I, I, i'll I, really get into something and it just disappears and it comes back after years later it's but like I, yeah it's, it's like weird. that one fucking porn clip that you saw a while ago that was so fucking dope and then you forgot about it and then you came back to it and then like this is brand new again <laughs> i'm so glad oh i found God. this clip i'm so i actually had one of those moments recently <laughs> you don't have a playlist no i i don't like porn that much to have a playlist but I, I was like watching porn like like a few days ago and it was this clip that i saw that i saw years ago and you know i it was like one of those like because i don't look at titles so yeah. i don't know what to search for for it and you're like i've been waiting i've been i missed but it popped up and I was like, this was the Holy Grail. This oh was what God. I was looking for. And now I know the keywords to search for to oh find this thing God. again. It was so amazing. It made me feel so good. It's like I found a thousand dollars in a duffel bag on the floor. There's always that one that got away. And then sometimes they come back. Yeah. I was like, this is because it was, it was a girl that wasn't a porn star. So she didn't have a fucking oh. name. And so the only way that you could find this is through descriptor words. Wow. Right. Which I, I think it was like fucking... I think that the, the uh, oh fuck, I, I don't know. I wrote it down somewhere just so I could go back to it later. But it was like something about this guy having like a six inch dick fucking his girl, but it's not a six inch dick. It's like a big fucking dick. Yeah. But the girl is fucking cute. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is, this cute ass fucking girl, dude. And That's I found, best. I found her again, dude. I found my first love. It was the Holy Grail. <gasps> yeah. I was like, this right here though is amazing, man. You know why it was so hard to find that clip? It's because there's too much porn out there. I had to fucking oh my God. filter through all this bullshit. It is so much. I just came out by happen chance. It was just, I was like, oh, my first love. There's She's back. so much. It's crazy how much there is. You're right though. Yeah. When you mentioned this on a, on a, a fucking YouTube about how incest porn is in. It's, it's crazy. It's all incest porn. Yeah. It's all that shit. It's weird. Fucking my stepbrother. Like, it looks like the 
and it's like the hottest girls are only in those incest yeah. porn. It must be like the money getting thing right now. It po- it's the most popular, man. There's something happening in society right now where everyone wants to fuck their sleeping sister. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? Not only that, it's like stepmom and stepsister oh, dog, be fucking me. Weird, dude. Or like stepdad fucks sisters. I had to uh now I just I kind of just block out the title and I just have to watch the porn Yeah, but what about when they're like, hey brother? Oh, like they have this who the fuck talks like that? No Nobody vo- goes, Hey brother. <laughs> hey stepbrother. No uh no volume now. I just watch Damn. and then I just fill in the gaps because it's so weird. I, I feel like too that that, that level of perversion it's it's kind of like when porn was a little more mild, you just had to watch porn. Like, you know, back in the day when we were kids, we just needed one rip out of a Playboy. Yep. I just had to look at a face and titties and a pussy and I jack off and I'm fine. Yep. But now that next level is this crazy shit. So it's people are crazy. looking for the next level of stimulation. It is. It's like a gateway drug. Now there's going to be giraffe fucking. Yeah. We got to <laughs> fuck a giraffe. There's some weird fucking dude. Tim there showed is. me this fucking funny porn, which I'm going to send you later. First of all, it's Japanese, of course. <laughs> Do you know what this fucking porn was? Mm-mm. I never laughed so hard in my life. So this girl is on a porn set, right? She's tied up on a on on a an office chair like this, pussy out, tits out, everything, right? And the director goes, cut, 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 cut. So this Be- is the behind the scenes. So it was kind of like behind the scenes, not really, right? Uh-huh. So they're doing this like weird scene where one of the other one other porn actresses, she basically goes into like this room or trailer or something. And the trailer fucking explodes with the girl in there. Wow. Right? So she dies. Right? But even though her friend just dies, they go, we still got to shoot this scene. So this girl is bawling, crying, getting fucked in the ass in the mouth. What? The whole time, right? What the fuck? She's crying. And then afterwards, she comes, the, the girl, it was a prank. So the girl wow. comes out, she goes, just kidding, I'm still alive. And the girl's bawling, crying, because she thought her best friend died. Oh, my God. And she has, like, cum on her face. And she takes her cum and she wipes it on her friend's face. She's oh like, you, my yeah, God. I can't believe you did this. One of the weirdest, <laughs> one of the weirdest porns I've ever seen what in my life. What do you even, okay, that fetish is, like, humiliation times 10. What the fuck? Who thought of that shit, dude? Well, Japanese love prank shows. I know. Because <laughs> that sounds like a prank show in itself. Yeah. It's like, hey, um, let's blow up a whole building and then like, let's get the reaction of this person. How much money did they spend on the ballistics of that shit, dude? I don't know. They fucking TNT'd that shit. Like it actually exploded like straight up. They would do some shit like that. And the girl's crying as she's getting fucked. And then some guy comes and starts fucking her. And then starts coming on her face. Oh my God. I, I will send you that shit. Well, the girl's it really cute. crazy. But it was so fucking funny. I couldn't stop laughing about how ridiculous this was. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so there are guys out there that get horny off of watching girls cry though. They get off that shit. Yeah. Dude. It's kind of weird. There's like, dude, I saw this one on Twitter. It went viral. There was this guy going around and he was like super. He was asking this girl like, hey, are you sick right now? She goes, yeah. He goes, what's your cough like? Is it really phlegmy or whatever? And then she messaged him back like, you better not be jacking off to this shit. And then she screen capped all of his Twitter messages that he was sending out. Like, I love girls who have really deep phlegmy coughs. Like, girls that cough really hard, like, turn me on. And, like, he has the weirdest what fetish. What the fuck? <laughs> Dog, dude. I'm weird. so fucking glad. All right. People think I'm a fucking hardcore pervert. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty vanilla compared to a lot of the guys out there. And on top of that, I think the more open you are about your perversion, the less perverted you are. 
Yeah. When you hide it, yeah, nothing to hide. it sounds really fucking creepy, even if I like the same things as that dude. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> the thing is, there's a lot of creepy, creepy porn out there. And I don't like all the really creepy stuff. Yeah, that's. I'm not trying to jack off to a fucking bondage girl that's crying because her best friend just died. Some people. What the fuck? I I remember I was talking about it. Like I mentioned on JK News. Like I said, like I don't watch porn as much as I used to, which is true. Like I don't. Like that was like the last time I watched porn was. I'm too busy. I want to watch more porn. Yeah, the last time I watched porn was like four or five days ago, right? And then before that, it was like two weeks. So it's like it's it's very intermittent. You know what I mean? It's like when I'm in the mood to watch it. Too damn busy now. Yeah, like it's just I don't. But when yeah. I'm home all day, like a fucking college student, that's and I'm studying dude. and jacking, <laughs> jacking and studying. That's all I'm doing. I got time today, baby. Yep. I'm about to wax one off like 17 times. That's a different world. Yeah. When I have nothing to do, what else? What else am I going to do, yeah. man? I'm going to go out, get some sun and then I'm going to go back home and I'm going to fucking wax like wax it off like like I've never jacked off in my life before. This is when I wish I was a woman sometimes because they can do it without being messy. Mm. For us, it's a whole fucking event. For sure. And then we get tired. Like, we got to go to sleep, right? But girls, they can fucking DJ it off anywhere and everywhere. Dude, one time, when I, this was when I was super, I was like, was in high school? I forgot what grade I was in, but that's not really important. But it was in high school. And I was jacking off in the fucking shower. But when I was in high school, I used to take really, really, really hot showers. Oh, like right? burning? Yeah, so this was like, even if it was in the summer, so this was during the summertime, it was already hot as fuck. Sacramento gets to like 100 something degrees. I was taking a hot shower and I was jacking off. But then for some reason, it was taking me forever to come. But then I remember I was trying to jack off too hard just because I, I wanted to nut. And I remember that I couldn't nut for some reason. I don't know what the fucking reason was, but I was so determined that I had a fucking nut. Yeah. Even if I, if I didn't technically didn't seem like it was the right time, I just kept going at it, but I did it so hard. I fucking like keeled over from like the heat from a heat stroke oh my god and just putting so much pressure in my brain oh my god you blacked out <laughs> i blacked out for a second fuck. and i slipped and i hit my head oh fuck. i was like what the fuck are you doing dude i was like this is the most loser thing ever <laughs> i was so stubborn that I had to just fucking nut. I was like, because that's, that's because David Soul doesn't give up. That's right. I'm not <laughs> a fucking quitter, dude. <laughs> you know, Tim was saying that shit. We're like, he's like, Tim doesn't quit. And he's like, some of his friends still start jacking off and then they get bored in between and they stop. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I don't quit. I'll just come no matter what. That's what it is, baby. <laughs> I was like, I've already started this shit. I'm going to make sure that I fucking you finish. You fucking half-ass is what you are. Exactly, dude. <laughs> and I bashed my head onto the fucking uh, the shower door, and then I and I basically passed out for a second. I think the more harder you try, you actually don't come. And then when you- Exactly. But when you don't want to come is when you fucking bust fast. Exactly. Because when, when I'm actually fucking sometimes, I'm like- <gasps> Why can't I? Why can't I last longer? <laughs> like when I'm jacking off and I don't want to come. When I, I feel like that that control part's a huge thing because like even for me, like that's why I think I foreplay a lot because like it makes it last a little longer. Oh yeah, yeah. Like foreplay is very important for me. But there's also times where I'm just pounding and I can't come and I'm like, oh, I just want to come so I can finish. Yeah. What's fucking happening? I feel like most girls do. They don't want it to last a hell of long. Yeah, but it's a mental thing, man. It's yeah. all mental because the more you like the girl, the, the the way quicker that you fucking bust. Yeah, they're trying to impregnate that bitch. That's yep. why I try to keep her around forever. Your psychology is like, go! <laughs> <laughs> fucking keep her around for life! Yeah. Ah! 
shit. Well, guys, uh, I hope that helped your situation out a little bit. Um, we went right into the inappropriate, nasty time. Yeah, there's a funny thing is she's like, I don't. You is that how you flick your fucking uh, guy's dick right there, huh? And then that's what we were talking about. <laughs> See, we can't help it, dude. Just accept the fact that she really likes you and then she could be herself around you. Also, her house, her rules. Uh, when you have kids later on, you'll be able to probably shift it a little bit. But for now, just enjoy the fact that you're accepted. And it's such a wonderful thing to be accepted by someone's parents. Yeah, especially. I think that alone is so awesome. Man, it's, it, it sounds like an Asian parent to me, too. Is it? Uh, she's Asian. But I'm assuming she's with oh. an Asian guy. But it sounds like, I don't know, it reminds me of my mom. That's why. I've seen that in inappropriate stuff from Asian culture. I haven't I've been into a lot of Latino houses, whatever. They're much more conservative. Yeah, hyper Catholic. Yeah, yeah. So like sexual jokes I've seen a lot from Asian families. Yeah. But not Filipino families like a motherfucker. Oh my god. Putang dude. Putang in a yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, They're supposed to be Catholic too. Yeah, but But, they but they don't care. But I don't care if I see the lumpia, I have to bite. So (laughs) all right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Uh remember every Thursday he's gonna be me and that Joe Jitsu Keezy. Yep. And uh comments below, Spotify, all that stuff. Leave it for five 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 star. And we'll see y'all next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.